another episode of Problem Busters. So I'm here with my man JG. Hello Jonathan, how are you mate? I'm good Ollie, how are you? Good thank you. Made it through another week and fair to say that spring has sprung so I'm super happy about that. Yes, unless you're in Austin and you've recently had the that snowstorm that hit. Which was, yeah, it was, it was Might really... Might be time to plant some trees people. Yes, yes. And uh, funny enough, good segue into our guest due to remote working as you know. We work with, uh, in, in our day jobs, we work with teams across the globe. We have an esteemed guest with us. We do indeed. So welcoming to the show, Zoltan Vass. I hope I'm saying that correctly, my friend. Yes. Co-founder and co-chair of an interesting group called the Tech London Advocates Group. And also a, can I call you a remote working Jedi? <laughs> I think I can. Welcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good evening. Thanks for the great uh, introduction. And uh, yeah, you spelled my name, uh, you pronounced my name correctly. So my name is Zoltan and I'm the co-founder and co-chair of Tech London Advocates uh, Remote Working Group. And I have 20 years experience in tech, digital and remote working. Originally, I'm from Serbia, but I'm Hungarian and uh, I live in the UK since 2012. Mm -hmm. So back home, I was working at the government and uh, built uh, satellite offices and the municipality's first website. And then I moved to London and uh, I was at the Dorchester as an IT specialist and an undercover Gallup inspector rated my customer service skills of 95.8%. Then I established my business in 2015 and was mainly involved in web development, mainly in e-commerce. And the British Interactive Media Association named me as one of the most influential people in Britain in digital. Then I left my company in 2018 when I joined larger company as head of delivery. We had around six, seven hundred devs. And as you can imagine, mainly I was responsible. I had my own uh, department and mainly I was responsible for delivering programs and projects. And it was 99% remotely. Did you say that was 2008? No, 2018. Ah, okay, okay. Still still ahead of the curve in terms of the, the remote working movement, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, when it comes to remote working, as I mentioned, you know, I worked a lot, you know, like back home, I was building satellite offices and it was around building really, you know, like VPNs and how we communicate with offices in villages and make sure that, you know, like people know what they are doing and communication flows. So that's something that, you know, like I started that from my early career, actually. I like the way you say that also matter-of-factly. Uh, I think it's a cultural thing, but you've got some pretty big wins in there and some pretty good background in, in the topic of, of remote work. What is the problem that you'd like to discuss with us today? Well, thanks for inviting for your podcast, because uh, I think, you know, like the issue that I'm seeing, it's, it's uh, really relevant. And I had a ton of conversations in the past year. And the main issue that I'm seeing is that many companies and people think that remote working is just basically sitting at your desk, having a laptop and an internet connection, and then that's it. 
So the issue that I'm seeing is that they don't see how, for example, immersive technology, mental fitness, remote recruitment, online education is connected to remote working and uh, digital collaboration or cybersecurity and stuff like that. And this made me realize that actually now we need to talk about future of work because the future of work is the umbrella where let's say no we can talk about remote leadership online education diversity equity and inclusion remote recruitment working space body and mind cyber security immersive technology etc so it's really important that we understand that all the future of work and what's happening it's being underpinned by remote working and digital collaboration technology and digital and humans yeah yeah um considering the climate that we're in now with the recent global pandemic i've seen that it had a tendency to force organizations into remote working push the industry well certain industries towards remote working are you seeing sort of this similar impact in society from your experience that's correct. This is a really good point, actually, what you mentioned. So most of the companies have they've been forced to work remotely. And that's why the current experience for some people and for some companies is, is not really the right one. And that's why I still I see that many companies started seeing the benefits of uh, working remotely and learning how to operate in a digital space. Because if, if companies and people learn how to operate in a digital space, they can connect with talents easily like outside the UK and it is crucial because the UK is one of the strongest economy in the world and driving the innovation and as we know innovation requires diverse cognitively diverse talents that's why remote working and digital collaboration is crucial for the UK economy and companies to embrace it and learn how to work properly yeah I agree considering I've seen a lot of research and a number of CEOs, um, I forget the publication, I think it may have just been a blog uh, by a um, consultancy firm. Um, and they were saying that a number of CEOs are seeing that uh, um, a large amount of their workforce will continue working remotely post pandemic. Um, so what, what, what do you have in place? Um, you know, what, what, how do you help consult these, these sort of companies into, into remote working? How are you looking at solving your problem effectively? Well, the problem. I saw from some studies, like a consultancy, I think it was Kinsey, they were saying that a number of CEOs see a proportion of their workforce continuing to work remotely. What sort of advice, how would you go towards helping them solve that issue of introducing that new culture of remote working into their organization? So I believe it, it really depends from the size of the organization and, uh, you know, how they are looking to move uh, to the greater you know like remote working and digital collaboration because i see that some companies will opt for so for some type of some type of hybrid environment so i see that people require greater flexibility and uh, some companies will probably offer a more rigid hybrid environment which means that let's say they will say that you can you know like work from the office you need to work from the office three days and you can work from home two days but there are companies who will uh, offer a lot you know bigger flexibility let's say you can go to the office whenever you feel or or whenever you feel like or you if you really need to go to the office and i see that uh, so some companies are more confident you know 
moving into a greater remote working and digital collaboration space while some companies are less confident. So I believe this hybrid environment is kind of like a transition period for a greater remote working. Um, again, I'm not saying that, you know, all the companies must go, you know, 100% remote or they will go because that would be a bit silly. But, uh, you know, it's it, it a lot comes down to the leadership and management because this is all about change and business transformation. And uh, that requires a lot of, uh, you know, energy, time, effort, and it's it, this is a heavy lifting. How are you seeing... How are you seeing the need to remote work, which really just happened to us all by accident, didn't it, at the beginning of lockdown um, this time last year? Um, how are you seeing that affect um, teams and people through your work? So I would say, again, it depends from the type of the company and sectors. So if some companies and people, you know, like they really embrace remote working and there are large, you know, companies who like Twitter, Salesforce, Spotify, Facebook, you know, like they, they, they told that they will allow their employees to work from home remotely, you know, like forever, which is, uh, which is, you know, like it really shows that they see the benefits of uh, people working from home or remotely and flexibly. So that that's something, you know, like, which is really great to see. And I see that, you know, like it, if, if it's, if it has been done, you know, like properly and you have the right environment to work remotely, then the productivity increases a lot. And because people can uh, organize their life and instead of commuting two, three hours a day and uh, getting knackered by traveling, they can, you know, invest that time in something else, whether, you know, like they want to exercise, they want to be with their family, maybe they just want to rest. You know, it it is uh, more rewarding and fulfilling, I would say. Mm, mm. And you know what's quite interesting to me, and I guess one of the reasons we really wanted to have you on the show, is that you are one of few people who was talking to folks about remote working before we all had to do it anyway for a year, <laughs> right? So, so you kind of got a data point of, or some data points of, of what some of your customers and folks in your, in your sphere of influence were like before and what they are now. So what are, what are some of the businesses that are really struggling um, with this remote working um, way um, who may actually find themselves needing to go back to in person so we ran a survey and at the moment we are collaborating with the Loughborough University and we are doing some research around this uh, you know challenges and as well and uh, so far I see that the most of the companies are struggling with the remote leadership and management so basically how do you you know like manage and lead teams in a digital space because it's completely different than managing teams face to face and then the remote working practicalities communication so you know there is you know like a lot to this so that's why basically when I understood that people they just uh, it's just because it's it's it can be quite complex if you can't see the big picture and that, that's why i opted to develop you know my framework around remote working digital collaboration so i can showcase peace people to people you know like how how the big picture of remote working and digital collaboration looks like and what you need to look look at if you want to nail it and uh, you know solve problems and come up with the right solutions and right tools 
you want to take us through the framework? Yeah. I know you wanted to ask that too, (laughs) Jonathan, so I thought, I'm going to let him say his thing. (laughs) Am I going to let him? (laughs) Yeah, of course. So basically, uh, what I put together is uh, that you need a space. You need a dedicated space, basically. And uh, I mean, I you can work from the bed and from the toilet, but I would not really recommend that, right? So you need a space, you need desk, you need chair, you need lighting. So, you know, some people think that it's, it, it is obvious, but I had conversations with people from larger organizations and they were telling me that actually it's, it's not. So this is interesting that, you know, and important that we highlight is that you need a dedicated space if you work from home or remotely because it's, it's just important. And then uh, we need to look into into the, into the our and at our employees as, as humans. So we need to look into body and soul, which is, you know, we are talking a lot about mental fitness, embodiment, physical fitness. So these are all important when it comes to productivity because if you understand why let's say the productivity is low why that uh, certain employees productivity is not on a high level it can be that you know like their environment is not right maybe they live with 10 other people or they have a toxic relationship or they live in an abusive relationship or who knows what so that can affect productivity and this is why it's important that we understand you know like the 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 our employees you know as humans and then we have the heart pillar which is the tech and digital you need to have a laptop and then we you know like cyber security is really important ideally you know i always suggest wired internet connection governance and processes to be on place and then we can move to the soft pillar which is the digital leadership and management asynchronous and synchronous communication again it is really important to understand you know like why we need to have different levels of asynchronous communication and how that should look like you know, ownership and responsibility, measurement, reporting. So this is all about, you know, like more about, you know, like soft side of things. And then we can talk about the future of work, which is more about, you know, immersive technology, how immersive technology will help, you know, the remote working and digital collaboration to create new experiences for people. And uh, how can I, if I want to have a global workforce, how can I do that? So, and then again, the diversity, equity, inclusion is a really important piece as well, because I see that. uh, What do you mean when you say that? Um, Because a lot of people say that, but I get the impression that when you say it, there's a sense of urgency around it, like there is no other way. You mean around the diversity piece? Yeah. Because because for innovation, uh, it's really important that we understand that uh, if we bring in people who have uh, different perspectives, it uh, is that helps innovation. Because uh, as I mentioned, you know, like I'm the co-founder and co-chair of the Techland Advocacy Remote Working Group, and we have a board of 17 people. And on the board, we have people from... Uh, completely different perspectives and they are all senior from education from university from mental fitness uh, recruitment and all these people bring in completely different perspectives because they see you know remote working and digital collaboration from a different angle and that that's really important from the innovation perspective because we want to think outside the box and this diversity really helps us to innovate and think outside the box because you have certain experience, knowledge, and uh, you come 
you know like from one perspective but i i can see probably you no know, like few things you know like from a different perspective and if we have the right environment to discuss that's how we can start building and again when it comes to diversity it's really important that for example we understand that there are people let's say who are disabled and it's important that we understand that maybe there are you know like really talented disabled people who just can't go to the office but they would like to work in tech and digital so now they will be able to get jobs because you know if companies learn how to re recruit you know remotely and onboard these people and operate in digital space they can tap into you know like these talents as well which is really important and also we are also discussing how we could, you know, help unemployed people to be reemployed. So, for example, I worked in hospitality and I understand that some people, they have really good customer service skills. So a, with a bit of a upskilling and retraining, you know, like those people from hospitality, because the hospitality has been, you know, significantly damaged, right? Those people could find I don't know, account manager or project manager, community manager jobs in tech and digital because tech and digital is, 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 is really growing. So this is why, you know, like this piece is really important that we understand why, you know, like diversity, cognitive diversity, inclusion, you know, it's, 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 it's why, it is, why it is important. Hmm. Yeah, and that's that retraining is is important, isn't it, um, Jonathan? We've we've talked about it in terms of um, with Alice Luthier in terms of teaching people to code and the fact that many adults are realizing that software engineering might be something they want to um, emerge into. Um, I know that that as we grow older and, uh, <laughs> and perhaps get a little bit more senior, um, Jonathan and I both think a lot about how to attract good people to our teams right Jonathan yeah um, I think it's, it's not it's, easy yeah it's interesting Zoltan was talking about the um, hospitality sector because um, a lot of the the teams uh, sort of I run are, are uh, customer service focused and that's one of the things that that I've found um, you know historically <laughs> quite quite easy and quite good to do is is to sort of upskill and people who who ha are really good, exceptional customer service, and just I mean, it's just training them on the tech, right? And then, yes. and then you're up and running. Um, so leaning from that, um, it, it, it I, I'd imagine it's a, it takes it's a leadership standpoint, um, and and, a, and your company uh, being in place to help you manage and train uh, people when you're onboarding them and, and trying to upskill them. Um, would you mind uh, run, running running us through? Um, how approaches to leadership and management need to change to facilitate this? Well, that's definitely, you know, uh, a big change needs to happen, you know, like in leadership and management around, uh, you know, especially around understanding how they could lead and manage in a digital space because uh, leading in a digital space is not enough. You need to manage and when as deliver. So, and that that that's the thing so you know it, it and the, then again you know like the communication plays crucial part of this and uh, because all these you know like if you are a leader in a in a company and you work remotely you need to make sure that you're approachable and uh, people can you know like reach you and uh, they see that actually you are doing something because you know turning up and running meetings without you know like having any you know like conclusions and who is doing what and stuff like that you know it's uh employees will start questioning you know your position at some point like okay like what's what are you exactly doing you know just uh, <laughs> yeah. talking stuff and then 
you know so that's 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 the thing so it's it's really all about you know doing then delivering as well for leaders and managers and staying close to their employees and uh, you need to create that environment that they can reach you and build that culture basically okay so in terms of that then the the types of communication you spoke about um do you mind just running us through those um because i remember you said asynchronous and um synchronous yeah synchronous yeah Yes, that's correct. So, for example, when we are talking about asynchronous communication, it's really important to understand that uh, many people are trying to communicate only via emails. And uh, so I have a software and website delivery background. So I understand that even in asynchronous communication, you have uh, three levels. So on a high level, you are using emails. And then on a mid level, usually you're using a project management tool or any tool that, you know, like helps driving the company forward and where you can actually track things and pull reports and see what's happening on the ground and on the lower level you could have uh, an informal you know communication channel like slack and that's where you can build you know engagement and talk to people and that's a really powerful tool by the way and many companies i still believe that they are underestimating the the importance of uh, having three, you know, like levels of asynchronous communication. So when it comes to the synchronous communication, there are, you know, like a ton of different tools, video tools, chats, you know, it's uh, again, you know, like I would say it really depends what the company prefers. And I believe, you know, like what, what, are, what is on offer and stuff like that. So. Okay. It seems like, it seems like that's a lot of um, data. Uh, do you, would you say that you you would need to centralize like information Definitely. if you're if you're dealing with remote teams? Definitely. So this is actually you know, like it's a really good point, and you definitely need to centralize and uh, keep everything in the cloud because uh, and unify as well because it can't be that you you know like store data on different platforms and different computers because if you don't have access to it you know like then uh, you can put yourself in a really difficult position it's the same for example uh, if uh, if you don't have the data let's say in the project management tool maybe you just have it in emails or somewhere else if the employee leaves then you can be in a difficult situation because uh, you won't be able to access maybe the data or if you need to, you know, if, if a new employee takes over that project, you know, how they will be able to find that data. So if you are using the right tool where actually you centralize everything and everything is there, then it's a lot easier to, you know, like to, to deal with that data. Yeah, that's a, that's a big one. I've, uh, I've even noticed that it took me a long time to get used to the idea of SharePoint. Um, once I did, I found it really frustrating that that others might email me a file, especially an attachment in you know, an Excel <laughs> yeah. doc. And uh, and then you know the worst the worst is the the here's a file everybody we all need to work on this and it's attached and my heart sinks. And the first yes. thing that I do, and maybe this is annoying, first thing I do is put it on SharePoint and reply all with a link because otherwise. You just get madness in eight yes. versions. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then you, and that's that's the other point, you know, like is the version control, because then you won't be able to, you know, control anything, because, uh, and then you are messing around with the files and stuff like that. So that that was a really good point, actually, because this is this is crucial that you centralize, unify everything, basically. Hmm. Should we should we talk a little bit about uh, the the global talent pool again, and uh, 
and you you talk a lot about leveraging that global talent pool being vital and necessary in order to become truly remote um, and build a truly remote culture. What what do you mean by that? So it, it really, again, comes down to, you know, working with talents who bring in different perspectives and uh, views to the table because... Uh, because we have different backgrounds, different experience, and that's why we see things from different perspective. And that's why it's important that we work with these people, you know, across the globe, because that will, you know, help us to innovate better. And uh, actually, you know, like our world is driven by innovation. And uh, the UK, as I mentioned in the beginning, uh, the UK is, is, is a driving force of this. And that's why it's important that companies really embrace remote working and digital collaboration and learn how to operate in a digital space and engage with talents across the globe. Because that will give, you know, companies the power to, you know, like to, to, to keep, you know, like innovating. Hmm. It's, it's, it's funny how change happens. It, it almost seems like it takes forever for it to begin and then you don't think about it for a while and then you see it everywhere right yes exactly that's correct yes yeah which is uh, i believe you know like it in in, in uh, from my perspective you know like it uh, it definitely brought a lot of challenges as well but uh, brought a lot of opportunities and uh, i think you know like uh, i mean i don't think i know that you know basically our working our life how we live our life and how we work is uh, is certainly changing so the default how we worked two years ago is definitely gonna change yeah i think that leads me into um uh, another thought i've had just <laughs> uh, with regards to remote working so the way we lead our lives have changed um, when, when we start to factor in remote work. So usually you'd have that cutoff point where you'd leave the office, you would leave your work uh, in, environment and you'd travel home and maybe wind down and go to the gym. Or, but now it seems it, it can, it's very easy for your, for your personal time and your, and your work time to sort of blend into one. Uh, is there any bits of advice or, or anything you've seen along the way to help people avoid the pitfalls of overworking and, and burning out? Yeah, I mean, I've been there and done that because uh, in 2015, when I started my business, I burned myself out, you know, like quite regularly. Like there were period, there was a period when you know, I was burned out in every two months. Basically, then I realized that I need to set my boundaries and I need to have a routine. And then basically, you know, like how I work now is then usually I wake up at seven. Then uh, I have around 15, 20 minutes thinking time, basically just thinking through my priorities and what's coming to my way. And uh, sometimes doing, you know, some 10 minutes just you know meditation just to clear my mind and then i'm jumping into doing three times 50 push-ups and then uh, basically i start my day so around eight i look into my emails and what needs to be done and uh, i'm having my breakfast around nine o'clock and then usually i start you know like having meetings around 10 then a lunch break a nap i could really recommend a nap 20 minutes 30 minutes top that really helps to reboot yourself 
and that helps to increase productivity as well and you need to set boundaries at the end of the day let's say if, if you want to finish at five then you finish at five you call close your laptop and put it away i mean at the end of the day i understand that sometimes you know like even i you know work longer hours i work until six or seven and stuff like that but then a day after i'm trying to you know like uh, have a bit more break so i'm trying to find that balance so it's really important that we understand that we need to find the balance around this so it's it's how you close your day it's really important whether you know like you close your laptop you go for a walk you start training maybe you know like write a journal but it's important that you have boundaries and don't check your emails on phone and stuff like that so you really need to you know like set crystal clear boundaries and again it will come down to the company as well, making sure that they are not pushing their employees that, I don't know, some senior people are sending emails after five, six, seven, eight, or even nine o'clock or something like that. And then uh, the employees having the responsibility kind of to, to respond, which is really wrong. So I think, again, you know, like it comes down to the company culture as well. So that we need to have boundaries. Otherwise, as you mentioned, people, you know, like we'll just keep, you know, like burning out, which is not good. Yeah. And what's what's really interesting about that is I feel like at this at at once we've had two major changes, one being we're all working from home. Um, which which has those benefits that you've talked about for people who have ability challenges or, uh, sorry, in terms of uh, mobility challenges, and then also people who are geographically far away from, from places of work. So I love that. Um, but then secondly, I also feel like there's been this change where all of us have this layer of COVID dread and stress, which just, it, it makes me feel like, you put the machine under stress and you see the cracks sooner, right? And I feel like companies and teams are now seeing where the cracks are. Perhaps That's previously people soaked up the pressure, right? But now they just get a migraine or have to have a day off. Yes, exactly. And there is a lot more pressure now because, as you mentioned, because of COVID and maybe, you know, because of their environment where they, you know, like live and work. So that's why, you know, like the situation is a bit more, you know, complex but i believe you know like as we are slowly moving you know like out of this covid and we see the light at the end of the tunnel people will you know start changing and our life will you know start changing and we will see you know like a lot more benefits so but it is important that we talk about these things and companies should really embrace and open up and make sure that you know they are talking about things because uh, again i just had a conversation around uh, mental health mental fitness and uh, there is you know like a really high possibility that you know all these issues around mental health will just come to the surface in the next year two and three so it's really important that that's why you know companies will have the mental fitness on their agenda and they are talking about these things and uh, help their employees if they need any help so it's uh, it will be absolutely crucial because it will uh, affect productivity. And if the productivity drops, then uh, it will affect the, the whole company turnover and, you know, like the whole business, basically. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe just turning this to hiring managers. What would you say to somebody when they put a job ad out and they get an applicant who's not from the same country as them? I think previously people have just discounted that, right? And said, I'm sorry, you're in... Romania, Bulgaria, Spain, Italy, New Zealand. 
and I'm in the UK. What would you say to them now? Well, I would say the biggest, you know, like thing that need, need they need to, you know, understand is with an open mind and understand that uh, there's a different culture, whether we are talking about hiring people from Eastern Europe or Asia or America or Latin America. So approaching this uh, with an open mind. So probably, you know, like a bit of a training around uh, this within a company could be, you know, like super useful as well. It's just opening people's eyes to understand really that when you're dealing with different culture, because I'm coming from Eastern Europe, I can come across sometimes as too direct, even, you know, like for some people, maybe I'm too aggressive, but I'm not, but it's just, you know, and even though, you know, like I'm trying to, you know, like soft my approach, and uh, I can come across, you know, like wrongly sometimes, but it's important that, you know, like whoever is on the other side understand that, uh, you know, my background is a, bit, is a bit different. So, and there's the same applies to, for example, for Eastern European to un understand the British culture and how, you know, like the British people come across sometimes. And I think this is, again, it's really important that uh, this is on the agenda, this topic, and people are openly talking about this. Yeah. Do you see a global um, culture developing for remote working in teams? Um, so any sort of commonalities um, that sort of bridging that gap between the, the social uh, norms from, from different cultures like the UK or, or, or anywhere in Eastern Europe or Asia? Is there, are there just conventions that you're noticing that that's going on culture-wise with remote teams? So I believe, you know, all this, what's happening now with remote working and digital collaboration and the larger companies who really embrace remote working earlier than COVID, like before COVID, they definitely, you know, like uh, ahead of the game and they see the benefits and they know what they are doing. Companies who never did this before, they are entering a new territory and it's uh, really important for them that they understand this and they you know like they really you know have this discussion and uh, actually they talk to people who who really understand these cultures because uh, again for example if you are opening an office let's say in eastern europe or asia and uh, if you are hiring the wrong person who don't understand the these cultural differences and don't understand, you know, like proper leadership and management, then that could, you know, like uh, that could be a big problem because I see that, you know, like in some companies, that's quite a big challenge, actually. Yeah, yeah, I think that one's that one's huge. And, and just picking up on the idea of challenges, um, we did a bit of a survey just in terms of our own teams. And uh, it's really interesting to just based on the question of, you know, what what do you find most challenging about remote work in this this current year that we've had and 36 of the, the 100 people that replied um, said they missed face-to-face -face interactions um, and that was by far the most. Um, the second one was having a reason to leave the house, 16%, and then having a clear separation between work and not work. And, uh, and particularly what interests me there is that missing face-to-face -face interactions. Like when, I, when I read that, I was like, I see people's faces all day, every day on Zoom, right? But of course, that's not quite the same, is it? And it's not just that we're no longer seeing our, our colleagues face to face and having a chat around the water cooler and walking out to lunch, which just seems like an illicit thrill to me now. I think <laughs> that I could do that with somebody. Um, it's, it's also the fact that I don't see anyone outside of the house and my private life also. It's, it's a double whammy, isn't it? Yes, that's correct. And, uh, you know, like th this is why I see that... Um, 
for example, if companies can enable or they have, you know, budget, let's say, that they could rent, you know, like a space, a co-working space, or just, you know, secure some time for their employees, let's say, if you are living, you know, if you work and live in Bristol or Birmingham or, you know, German, like Berlin, that you have a hub where you can actually, you know, like go and uh, meet people. So I see that this, I see that this is something that it started developing actually. So rather than having, you know, fixed offices, you know, headquarters, I believe that these offices will be more distributed or even if companies won't have offices, they will have rented spaces at co-working spaces. So if you feel that I actually, you know, like I really feel that I'm missing some face-to-face -face interaction, I will just, you know, walk to my uh, co-working space where, you know, like where we have our base basically and I can go there whenever I want. And, uh, you know, that, that that's where I see that, you know, people are you know starting you know like some companies started developing this that's such a cool idea isn't it and and imagine um, back in the day when we worked together jonathan imagine imagine you know you just we'd just have a weekly meeting in brighton and and you'd come down here for that and uh and sometimes i'd come up to london and we'd go to different parts of the city that that actually sounds like an outing more than a, a weekly meeting yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly so i think you know like i mean I'm, I'm seeing that this is this is something that it's it's coming up and i also see that uh, there is quite a big uh, interest in redesigning the workplaces as well to you know the, to make sure that it's not super dry that workplace when you walk in if you if you need to go to the office and stuff like that so it's it's rather about uh, helping people to enjoy and uh, be more productive basically because if, if you enjoy where you are going in that space and you know it's you feel comfortable then that's the most important thing super interesting isn't it um, it, and I, tech companies often show the way, don't they? Because they, they want to grow and they need to grow the fastest. They need to attract the talent the fastest. And so they, they kind of adopt trends early. And, the, and I'm thinking of folks like Google who, um, you know, who've had gyms and cafes and showers and things like that at work for a long time, right? Yes, that's correct. Yes. And they had the budget when all this uh, pandemic started. They had the budget. So they, I think they allocated £1,000 for every employee so they could have you know bought you know i don't know a desk or a chair so you know like to set up their you know working space basically at home which was great very good i reckon it might be time to move into the sharing section what do you reckon jonathan i think so i think so um so zoltan we asked this question of uh, every one of our guests <laughs> um what book or film most inspired you recently so I would say, so there is a book from uh, somebody who I know, Minter Dial, and uh, it is about you lead. So it is about uh, leadership. So I can highly recommend that book. And when it comes to movies, I would say uh, it's, it's a series, Mindhunter. I can highly recommend that. That's a great one. And uh, I just started, you know, like watching Vikings again because I really love that. And uh, yeah, <laughs> you like that? That's a good one. That's a good one. I was speaking to uh, my little sister um, as well. She likes it. And uh, we did uh, one of these um, 
uh, these DNA tests <laughs> to see our ancestry because we're West Indian. So we really wanted oh. to see. Yeah, we really wanted to see where in Africa our family came from. And we found out we were part Scandinavian, which is and um, and uh, part uh, Belarus as well. So that's quite wow. Funny. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting mix. That is. That's a definitely interesting mix. So um, and I'm 18% Irish, which yeah. is obviously why I love Murphy's so much. <laughs> <laughs> some commonality yeah so it was it was quite interesting because uh, my dad used to say there's there's a european in our family um a few generations back and it was just funny t- uh, to find out where they're from but yeah so uh awesome it was awesome stuff but vikings very good series <laughs> yes and, uh, yeah and uh and what about uh what about tech what technology is improving your life at the moment what's on your list of things that you would share I would say at this stage, um, I bought like a year ago, a really like six months ago, uh, a laptop that really, you know, like helps a lot. And uh, that's something because, you know, like I work remotely and from home. So, you know, like having a a really, you know, like reliable laptop, that's something that really helps. And uh, I bought also a headset, Jabra, and uh, that's a really good one. Because, you know, like if you're having calls, it's important that you have, uh, you know, like a clear voice. And beside this entertainment, so I love music and uh, I bought some speakers and uh, proper amplifier. So I have a really good hi-fi system at home. I have uh, Quest 2, so I'm experimenting with the virtual world, playing and uh, climbing the Mount Everest and stuff like that. And uh, I have a PlayStation 4 as well. So sometimes I'm playing with my brother online and, uh, you know, just uh, chilling and uh, you're not detaching signing, myself. You're not signing up for a PS5 and hoping uh, that you can get in before all the crypto people? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking actually, you know, like about, you know, because I bought PS4 a few months ago and uh, I was thinking, should I buy a PS5? And, uh, you know, because I'm not a massive gamer, I just play sometimes. I was like, it's not worth for me to invest that much money into ps5 because the quality of the games for me and on ps4 is still fine and uh, it works for me so i invested that money into a hi-fi system and basically you know like uh, the what did you get quest so i get uh i got a monitor audio speakers and uh, uh yamaha amplifier yeah proper so, Yes, they are proper because I, I have a friend who is basically he's working at a company and they are installing these hi-fi systems in uh, at homes. And I asked him, what would you recommend? And uh, that's why, you know, like I bought it. And uh, it's just absolutely fantastic. We'll, uh, we'll get the details off you and put it in the show notes. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> I, um, I, I recently got some, uh, some Earfun Go um, U-Boom speakers, which are basically... Um, a Chinese company with really good tech that copied the idea of that that sort of conical speaker that stands up um, that Bose put out a few years ago. Um, and these ones are just, it is amazing how far speakers have come. And a pair yes. of these is like 75 pounds. And, wow. they, and they offer wireless surround on the TV. And wow. it just, oh, it really makes me smack my lips. I absolutely love it. <laughs> <laughs> the quality, yeah, it's important. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And what about people you look up into the in the world? Who do you look up to? 
So Russ Shaw, who is the founder of Tech London Advocates and Global Tech Advocates. So we had a, I've been introduced to him a year ago and then uh, we had a conversation about this remote working and basically he really liked the idea and he gave me this opportunity to build this group and uh, that's you know like uh, how I met my co-founder and now you know we are one year, we will be one year old in May and we have already almost 300 advocates and we have advocates from NHS, Metropolitan Police, BBC, the government, Reed, Deloitte, Microsoft, British Red Cross, Verizon, so what Discox, do you do? HP. What, what does the group do? So we are really, you know, it's a volunteer group and we help people with remote working, sharing best practices, useful articles and uh, really you know it's 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 and it's not just about remote working as i mentioned in the beginning and that's why we are rebranding and we will be future of work because remote working you know like you have the cyber security aspect you have the remote recruitment mental fitness online education remote leadership so immersive technology so there is a lot more to that than just you know like uh, sitting in front of the laptop and working so remote working is a lot more to that and uh, if people were to want to find out more about Tech London Advocates, um, we'll put the link in the, in the show notes. Um, is the group open for anybody to follow and join, or how does that work? Yes, yes, it's a free group. Anybody can join, regardless from your seniority and whether you are a black belt remote worker or you are just, you know, like starting up, you know, and uh, you are more than welcome to join us. We have, you know, like uh, various subgroups as well, working groups. We are building, you know, like working squads, basically. And, uh, yeah, every, um, you know, like anybody can join us. And basically, you know, like Russia really helped me and basically, you know, like to build this group. And uh, I'm really grateful for that because uh, it's just, you know, helps so many people, our society. And then, you know, like we will be able to shape the future of work, which is fantastic. It's fulfilling. Yeah. And how can people find out more about you other than um, going to, to Tech London Advocates? So if you go to my website or Google my name, which is Zoltan Vass, so it's Z-O-L-T-A-N-V-A-S-S, you can Google that. And uh, I have my website, which is my basically first name and last name, ZoltanVass.com. And uh, you can find more, you know, like out about me and uh, or Google Tech London Advocates Remote Working and then uh, you can find me there as well. Beautiful. All right. And for people that know they have another three or four months of remote work ahead of them, would you have any closing thoughts, like two or three things that you would want them to remember about this call um, to put into place for their own remote working to survive this pandemic? Yeah, have clear, crystal clear boundaries, boundaries uh, be transparent, raise your concerns and over communicate. That's really important. And be open to change. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, thank you for being on the show. It's, uh, it's really interesting to, to talk to someone who, who lives and breathes remote work and, and helping people do it the right way. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really enjoyed the conversation. Likewise, likewise. Um, I would like to thank our guest and our listeners uh, for tuning in of this episode of Problem Busters. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Problem Busters, uh, Twitter, Problem underscore Busters, 
and on LinkedIn, Problem Busters Podcast. Um, we really appreciate the feedback we've been getting from our listeners. And uh, don't forget to share and subscribe. Thank you very much. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, Sultan. Thank you, guys. Thank you.